0: I, don't I
1: disagree. Know. I completely disagree. I don't I, know.
0: That's what I I'm would saying. Be I
1: don't know. would be ticked off. I would be ticked off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living a Life Through Books, the podcast about everything bookish. I'm your host, Dr. Shnaz Ahmed, and today is Book Club. Before I bring up our conversation, I wanted to say that your support of my podcast means a lot to me. The easiest way is to buy me a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. Every coffee you buy me helps keep me alert and this podcast going. I'll add the link in the show notes and I thank you. And let's get straight to book club. Hello, everyone. Welcome to book club again. We're doing The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. And um, first thoughts, everybody just stares at me when I ask the question of first thoughts.
2: I'll go go if you want me to. (laughs) Um, The first thought uh, after reading the book, even during reading the book, when I was reading the book was that it's a blessing not to know when you're going to (laughs) die. Otherwise, it becomes too much. And there's a reason we don't know that. So I think that was definitely the main theme that stayed in my head and the first thought after I finished the book. To me, it seemed like it was um, in a different way, but kind of based off of or inspired by or had some elements of COVID. Thinking it, The when it started, it says right in March, it starts. And then, you know, how uh, it was in a war within each other. It was more like a, something, you know, t- to me, it had a lot of analogies of COVID era. For some reason, to me, it seemed like the the timeline, especially was kind of like that margin of uh, after that. Sorry. My first
1: thoughts was Midnight Library. I, that's a, I just I'm I know I know Aaron's like I, I remember even talking to Aaron as I was listening to this book and I'm like Midnight Library. And she goes, oh, my God, all the reviews say this book reminds them of Midnight Library. I don't know why people think that it's so different. And my first thoughts is it's on it's it's very parallel to the Midnight Library. Let's just say you know if you have a railway track, you know you you need to have two lines. It's not the left track; it's the right one. But it's still like I'm thinking there's Midnight Library and there's the measure. That was literally my first thought. Then we can discuss more about the book. Uh, who's going next? First thoughts.
3: Well, so I recommended the book right after I started it. So I my first thought was I really enjoyed the concept. It is a thought-provoking book and I think that it allows us to have like conversation where we can see lots of different perspectives. So that's why I thought, oh wow, this would be a great conversation piece for book club. Uh that was my my very first impression. But and then after finishing it, my first impression was I loved it. Like I, I just thought that it was I would read it again. I've recommended it to people. It's a good book. It's it it has good character development, good discussion. I mean, I don't have anything else to say about it. <laughs> Yeah, my first thought was the same thing that, thank God, we
4: live in a world where we don't know when we are going to die. It's just such a mercy. I mean, we count our blessings then we say life is the biggest blessing and everything else around us, all the blessings of our life. But the, I think ignorance is really, really a blessing. And I would always want to live in a world which is no strings attached, <laughs> no pun intended, but I am so happy to to not know when I'm going to die because I think the most... If someone asks me what is your biggest fear, I will not say death. I will say death of a loved one. So this is my biggest fear that losing someone I I absolutely love, like my kids, my husband, my brothers. So just knowing that any one of them has a short string, even if it is like a few years shorter than me, it will just break me, break me. It will just I won't be able to take it. So I think just not knowing when we are going to When our time will end, it's just a great, great, great blessing. And all those what-if scenarios. And if that happens one day that you do find out, everything else will pale in comparison. Whatever is going on around you, all your problems will just become small. And then obviously, there's a lot of other discussion about discrimination and COVID parallels and character development. But this was my first thought that, thanks, heaven, we don't know when we are going to uh, die. My
0: first thoughts was same as Erin, too. You know, it's a nice, you start with something, it's it's just a piece of string, right? I didn't expect that. And then once it says, you know, the inscription on top of it, then I realized, oh, it's something to do with life and death. So yeah, you know, there's so many things you can discuss about the book. Good things, bad things, likable things, non-likable things, lovable things. There's so many things you can discuss. So this is a good book for a book club, I think. So yeah, I like the book too. It was something interesting because I haven't read Midnight, uh, whatever book that was, you know? So for me, this was something different other than the books we've already been reading. So yeah. And as Sophia said, you know, I'm not ready to think about when and what the future holds, but at least, you know, for me, yeah, as we discuss, I'll, I'll tell you a few more things. Yeah. I thought it was a good book to read.
5: Uh, Oh, I missed the beginning, but I really liked this book. Um, I really connected I think with the characters and um, I thought it was so fascinating how she really illustrated all the different ways that people can react to this kind of information so you know there's people that go out and like you jump off buildings so like I'm not going to die I'm invincible um, and then there are, are people that just um, can't handle the information it's just it's, it's fascinating so I think she kind of captured all of the, those different possibilities and, and I love the end um, and at how um, Amy and everyone really kind of came around to um whatever will be will be. So
1: I um, you know, now that we got first thoughts, one of the concepts I thought, which was interesting, I I mean, we're all not the same age here. Uh I think there's about a twenty five ish year spread between the youngest and the oldest. Maybe I don't know what our age spread is, but we don't need to know an age spread, but I was curious, as I was reading this book, I was thinking, you know, I wonder what Aaron's perspective is, or a younger person's perspective is, because like a lot of the characters in the book, they were like, oh my gosh, the you know, like something about, I, don't, I can't remember, I can't pinpoint exactly what made me think this. But for me, having hit 50 already, and feeling like, okay, you know, okay, fine. You know, this is, I've already gotten this point. What am I going to do? Whether I know I'm going to die tomorrow or whatever, is my perspective going to be so much different? And then there's this whole issue of people like, oh my God, I'm only going to die. Uh, I'm only going to live till 45 or 40. You know, like what's young age? What's the definition of of dying young versus old and, you know, there there were that concept. So let's talk about the concept of, do you believe the age of the reader matters in how much they enjoy and or don't enjoy the book or process the book or don't process the book? How do you feel the age of the reader influences the journey of this book?
3: Well, I think that Uh, the age of the reader might influence which characters that they connect most with possibly. I mean, that's just a theory. Um, I don't think that it would necessarily change enjoyability of the book just because there's so many different topics that are tangential to the storyline that I I think you can enjoy it no matter what age you are. But I do think that it could influence which characters that you connect with. If you're young, then you may be thinking more about like, um, you know, what is it like to be one of the young characters that has a short string um, and that might, I don't know, you know, I so I think it could influence that, but I don't know that, I don't think it would influence enjoyability.
0: Uh, for me, Shannes, once you said, I, I realized all the characters in the book, you know, those seven or eight characters, they were all young actually, right? Twenties uh, to thirties. Uh, not more than 40, right? They're all young, uh, all of them, all the characters. So I don't know how it would have been to be somebody over 50 or 60 or 70, whatever, because they never had a character who was that old. Uh, As you say, you know, age is just a number. But then, as Erin said, I think this book can be enjoyed by anybody of irrespective of age or anything, because I think you can still connect with one or two characters. I mean, I-, I
1: connected influences. I connected with some of them and some of them I just... I connected and then I didn't connect as much. I think for me, it could have just been that, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, this book is so amazing. I remember on Bookstagram, one of my friends had posted a story. This book is like so mind-blowing. Like, wow. And then I thought about it and I'm going okay, she's in her 30s. And she's like, this book is mind blowing. I'm in my 50s. And I'm like, okay, it's an interesting concept. Good book. All right, next. You know, like, that was me. And I'm going, wait, why? Where did I? Where was the slip up? Where did I miss this? And that's when I started thinking, you know, like, even Aaron was like, wow, let's do this book for book club. No, it's not like Midnight Library. So I started that's why that that's the question, basically, because I was wondering, am I just old? And that's why my way of processing this book uh, has changed. You're the old, Jenna. Uh, shut yeah. up! Shut up, Doctor Jen. Love please. To annoy her with that. Just, you know? You're getting old, baby. This is, you know,
5: just aren't, aren't Dr. We all? Jen,
1: You know what, <laughs> Doctor Jen is talking. Not you know, me, not well, me because not, we share the like,
0: same things. You we always have this fight. <laughs> <way too. laughs>
5: I, I don't Jen. think it's i don't think it's age uh I, I I have noticed in what I do and Aaron probably has noticed this this too and in, in what we do that there's a kind of two populations of people that I run up against about knowledge about the future like do you want to know or do you not want to know and so we talk about this in the context of genetic testing where there are families that want to know everything um and there are, are families that don't want to know anything they want the open future they don't want to know if there are risks that are coming up they don't want to know if there's going to be health problems sometimes even if you can fix them like ahead of time like they they don't want to know because they would worry about it they would change things and then and then there's the other group that that want to know exactly what's going on because they can you know plan and they can, you know, they're going to do this this way and they're going to do that that way because of the information that that they have now. So I think, I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's just a kind of a perspective, like which camp do you fall into?
2: I like that. I like that. Rufit, you have your hand up. Yeah. I was going to say that I think in terms of age, definitely not everybody responds to the same book if they are from a different age. Uh, not only this book, any book would probably uh, raise that question. In, in terms of connecting, I think it's just like if you uh, read a book about women, if you're romantic, you will like romantic books. You know, th- I think it's that. But this subject, however, but you asked a very interesting question, though. I have to say that. So in terms of, you know, liking or not liking, it's liking the book or not liking the book. It's same as any other book. I think we, I loved it. And it seems like everybody over here loved it. To me, it seems like it's a book that, you know, should be liked and should be read. It's a really nice uh, perspective of life that we don't usually think. And I think it's uh, the, the message to me that came in the end was really beautiful more than whether I connected with the uh, with a character or not. I actually didn't feel, I did not find connection with any particular one, but I did like this in the end that how uh, flexible and how plastic we are and how we end up, finding ways to live no matter what's thrown to us uh, or no matter what we are thrown into. Like in the end, they were it was a beautiful sum up that she did. There were some people who were okay finding out about it. There were some people who were not. There were people who found out and then started to live a better life and started to um, spend more time with the families and friends and all that. So to me, that part was really, really nice. I think that's the perspective that I thought any age should connect to. But I understand as you, I don't know if a, an older person will get more influenced by it or not influenced, like more, I want to say be touchy about it, if, if a younger person should be. But again, it's also the perspective of the person because it was a mix of young and old who were curious or not curious. So I think it really depends upon the person
4: yeah I will say the book was obviously very global it the whole entire story since it spanned the everyone it involved the the whole entire world so um so it was really this was not like a story of of a mm-hmm. suburb in California or a, a town in in Missouri It was not like that so everyone could connect to the story and same and person and people of every age especially adults obviously above 22 they were involved they were part of the they were they were affected so so people of any age can enjoy it but I would say that when youngsters will read it like I want to recommend it to my high schoolers uh, if it is uh, because we also have a a book club in our high school so I'll recommend it to my 12th graders to read it and I will suggest this book I think youngsters are more resilient and they take things a little bit lightly. So they will consider it more like magic realism and they will not be, maybe not that much affected by it, but people of a certain age, like me for, for us, the realities of life are like, uh, they hit us more. So, um, so definitely we will be more, I would say disturbed by it. I'm, I will use the term disturbed. So I'm kind of like a little bit disturbed by the whole premise and just the whole thought that, okay, what if you have a long string, but someone you're living with has a short string or your adult child has a short string? This And all those topics were obviously touched there. I think this, this would be a very difficult predicament to deal with. And you do, just do not want to be in that situation.
1: <laughs> I think um, on a very personal level, for me, I wasn't really moved by the book as much because I'm just like, hey, it's life. This is Sometimes life is a choice. Every day we live, it's kind of a choice and it's kind of not a choice. If it's written in our destiny to die today, it that's our destiny. But choices are made in terms of like, for me personally, my husband's 18 years older than me. Okay. It's a huge age difference. And, you know, I'm very aware of this. So essentially, did I marry someone with a short string? And then I think to myself, you know what? It doesn't matter. I could die today leaving my husband who's 18 years older than me gone like a very good friend of mine from dental school we were just talking today and her first husband died of cancer in his early 40s okay so now he died and so his her second husband that she married she very clearly told me shnaz I don't want, like like you said, Sophia, you said, I don't want my loved one to die. She's I just don't want to take the chance that he's going to die before me. So uh, he's two years younger than me. So, you know, that kind of a thing. Again, there's no guarantee to there's it, no but guarantee. there's no guarantee. And we're sitting here chilling. Like, I just met her over the weekend. And then she's like talking. I know I married someone two years younger than me. But if he died, my third husband, these are the criteria. I was just joking about it, <laughs> like, you know, but that was a whole different conversation. Why not? But, the, but that, that's a different conversation. That's not the book. But the point is, you know, like in marriage, right? Both me and my friend, when she got married, because it's our second marriage, one of the decision-making processes that come into getting married is longevity of your relationship with life. We're not even talking about your marriage. Oh, you're going to fight. You're going to get divorced. We're not talking about any of that. We're literally talking about the two human beings who are married. How long are they going to be alive together? And you have to, you know, put things together and, and look at the reality of it. Yes, there are so many couples where one's so much older than the other, and then the younger one dies, or vice versa, this happens, you know, like, we don't know. So for me, after I have made these decisions in my life is what I'm saying is, I had to make these decisions. And because I made these decisions, when I'm reading this book, I'm like, Oh, well, I had the short string, well, now I'm going to do this. And I mean, it's, it kind of like, Well, duh, you should be worried about life every day. You should respect life every day. Uh, Every day is a gift, you know, like whether you have a short string or a long string. I don't know what my string is, but reality is every day is a gift and you really need to do that anyway. So that was my perspective on this whole book. So I just felt it was a little preachy to me. That was
3: my thought. Erin? Well, I'm just thinking like maybe in the age range where you're at, you have already come to terms with, you know, what is life, you know, and the fact that we really do need to take advantage of each day. And sometimes that's age. Sometimes that's experience, I suppose. I do think that if I had read this as a younger person, there might have been some messages in it that I could have benefited from. For example, like, I feel like so many people in this society Get And I don't know if this is just true glo- globally, but definitely like here in a lot of, you know, the industrialized countries, this uh need, the feeling, this need to have to achieve, just achieve, achieve, achieve. And you have all these goals and you just have to like rush through them to check off the box. Right. Like if you're behind, if you're five years behind, then like what, you know, I, I remember like I I was divorced. Right. And, and from my in my first marriage and I was in my mid twenties. And I was thinking, gosh, now I'm starting this over. Like now I've got to find a new, (laughs) a new partner. And I'm, you know, and I'm so behind, like, I wanted to have kids by the start having kids by the time I was 30. Well, I guess that's awful. You know, like, I just remember thinking about that and like really putting a lot of pressure on myself to like, get my master's by a certain time, get, you know, get my, my, um, bachelor's by a certain time. And I think now having got past some of those milestones, I realized how much I didn't, like enjoy the moments that i was in and i wasn't uh there's this concept that i'm trying to live more by now i call it tend the soil but i guess there's like a hawaiian like virtue called malama that it means the same thing so i mean take that for what it is i call it tend the soil but just like you're you're there you're not just reaping the fruit of the harvest like you're putting into it you're building it, you're protecting it Okay. Yes. And so like, you know, the, I I just think that I could have learned that sooner. Maybe if I had read this book, maybe not, maybe, maybe my age, I wouldn't have listened to it. I'm not sure, but that concept did come through in this book for me where people were trying to make more out of the time that they had and just, you know, be more thoughtful in their life and the decisions that they were making and how they were spending their time. Maybe COVID helped me to have that perspective but at any rate like i do think that my younger self would have seen this could have benefited more from this book and i think i'm at the right age where i i've started to have to make those conscious decisions and efforts to live a thoughtful purposeful life and and be present in those moments
1: my my thought also is you know you said a younger person could benefit from this book. For me, yeah, a younger person could probably be like, wow, oh my gosh, if we had a short string, what would that mean? Oh my gosh, if I'm going to die in 10 years, like that concept would just, I think, for a teenage, would just blow their mind. I, you know, like processing it going, oh, oh my god, you know, and um for me, I feel like I've watched a few people die. My aunt died when she was 30, 30 or 32. I, I don't remember her exact age, but yeah, like 32. I, I remember her when she, when I was seven. Uh so my aunt died at 32. My youngest uncle, like I have like their five siblings, my dad's brother, youngest uncle died last year in his in, in he was 70. But still, it's young for them. I mean, in the sense of he was the youngest and you don't expect him to die first, but he died first. I just see more, you know, when you're, as you get older, you see more people dying and or you hear more about people's deaths. You, you you know, when you're talking to people, you're like, oh my gosh, this person died at 21. You know, you, you talk about like, College accidents, or you know, or even like the anesthesiologist in Indiana in the in their um, anesthesiology program just decided to start a propofol drip on uh, was it a her yeah just started a propofol drip on herself and uh, yeah of course they found her body the next day you know and you hear these stories and at some point death becomes it's death it, it, the shock effect of death is it's not that there is no shock effect there is but i guess it gets minimal m- minimized over time a little at a time but don't get me wrong i mean confronting my own death is it's not easy like every time i think like oh yeah 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 it's fine i i'm okay i'm okay if i'm going to die tomorrow but the reality is i'm not and the reason i know this as a fact is because I thought I was dying when I was 25 before dental school. I got really sick, like super sick. And I literally thought I was dying. And I was like, I was pretty much like I couldn't even drink a cup. I couldn't even drink a sip of water because I was throwing it up. It was that bad. And my brain was fading out of consciousness. And I, and at that point, I thought, oh, my God, I'm dying. That was the time I wasn't afraid of death at 25 because I was too tired to even process that. Oh, I won't make it. You know, like I thought about it. I won't make it. I don't care. I'm too tired. You know, like it was like I was fading out. But recently with my um, with my cancer scare, with my breast cancer scare, that was a little, you know, I I didn't handle it too well. To be very honest, I was just kind of like, oh, my God, like I this is real. I could die or I have to go through all the chemo and radiation. Like, you know, you're thinking through all the stuff, the struggle. So when it comes to reality, I don't know how well people can handle it. But as far as shock effect goes, I think we hear a lot. And uh, potentially over time, we get a little bit desensitized is what I think. Uh, so when when you talk about a younger kid, I think it will be good for younger kids because it will really hit hard on them. And they will remember, you know, because the, a book when you read when you're younger, you're like, oh my gosh, remember that scene? Like, wow, that was so graphic. Well, now you're older, you're like, oh, so it was, yeah, it was a scene. It's it happens. So there's that. But anything else about age and desensitization before we move on? Okay, I want to talk about memorable scenes like through the journey of the book. What were your memorable scenes? Like, what were scenes that really got to you or made you angry or made you smile? Uh, And, you know, what were those? Like, let's talk about, you know, all of it. Like, you know, we don't have to just go, what were the scenes that make you smile? Okay, everyone go. No, just memorable scenes for whatever reasons. And I'll start, I can't forget the hospital scene. You know, the guy coming into the hospital, throwing a fit. I have a short string, guys. I am going to die. I am going to die, you guys. You know, like this whole, like, throwing a fit in the ER. Well, you have to see me in the ER. You have to see me now. And that scene, I was like, what is, oh my, what is going on? And then we know what happens. And I'm like, oh. It was really like a good explanation of how people die out of, you know, their own misperceptions of life and reality or their actual strengths and weaknesses. That's what, it was just that scene, I was just like, oh my God, my goodness, you know, like, and then there was times I was processing, like, but how does he die? It's okay, I get it, he's in the ER. You know, like, as I'm reading the scene, I'm like going, but he does have a short string, how does he die then? Uh, And, you know, I'm reading, reading, I'm like, Okay, got it. So that, that scene sticks with me. Um, was it A and B? Am I right? A and B, right? A and B when they died. That was so beautiful. It was just the most... I know I, I shouldn't celebrate someone's death, but it was the most heartwarming life and death. When that happened, I just felt, oh, You know, like it's just, you know, that that moment was also something that really... Really, really spoke to me. Those two were; those two really uh, stuck with me. Of course, the whole political thing made me angry. I was just like, everything can be polit- politicized, whatever. Pol- pol- politicized, yeah, whatever that word is. You know, every you can take everything and change its meaning. And uh, the whole thing with army recruits, oh, like I was like. One aspect of it is it made sense that they want people to go in who are going to come out. I mean, it totally, you know, this this part of me is going, okay, it makes sense. You want your army recruits to survive. You don't want them to die in war. But yeah, Rufat, you have your hand
2: up. Yes, I was going to say that to me, everything in the book made sense, right or wrong. Honestly, the way people reacted, if you have a, I don't know how I'm going to react I have no idea. I can say whatever I want right now. None of us knows how we're going to, I mean, I think Sophia was pretty clear about that. She would be very sad or, you know, for her loved ones, but, um, you know, I think that's pretty much where we're all going to freak out or something will happen. No matter. I think I'm a pretty strong person, but I know it's going to really break me as well. Uh, so everything in the book, that was the, I want to say, uh, an annoying, but like a sweet, annoying part of the book where everything she said was right. Is it fair for somebody to keep on dating a person if you know he's going to die when you have three kids and you're a young mom? I mean, things like those. Is it uh, good to, you know, have cadets who are going to die? Like, you know, not going to be able to, you know, or, you know, elect a president who's, so all those things made sense. You know, it was, Right or wrong, we can keep our whatever, you know, the theoretic- theoretical elevated ideas wherever we want. But in the end, it was a very hard book that way. To me, the whole thing did not really matter that much that if I had a short string, but this thing, the way people processed and the reality of how true that those proce- processing was definitely kind of got to me. Uh, and you asked about the good scenes. I really like Jack's speech when he did, it took the mic from his uncle. I thought that was really nice. I liked his relationship with Javier a lot. I think they tried to change the whole thing, which was really nice. I liked A and B, Amy and Ben's relationship. And that was really nice too. The the uncomfortable thing was again, you know, the fact that how people were reacting and how that um, kept on you know coming back to me and I was like man it is it's an uncomfortable area but it was uh, it, it, the book actually brings you face to face with a lot of difficult things and you know in the end I think uh, she says that uh, in the end or some towards sometime towards the end she goes like the, the societies used to be really comfortable with death with the idea of death but that was not the case anymore and people used to have kids and marry without thinking the person may die we always marry or have kids thinking that we're gonna live forever and all, whatever you know happily ever after and the kids we are gonna see the kids and their kids and everything but it's always you know we don't know what's gonna happen uh to me the book also seemed like a tribute to people who have uh, illnesses that they are probably gonna die from whether it's cancer or any other you know that the doctors tell them in there. So I think that was also a very, to be in that shoes, in, in those people's shoes was also, you know, uncomfortable, but it was there. So I think the the whole thing was like, you know, there were so many beautiful scenes and uh, all those uh, all those areas where we were confronted with, okay, what decision do we have to make? Those are all very empowering for me and intimidating as well. Favorite scenes, anybody?
4: Yeah, the scene where uh, Javier died, I think that was very touching. How he was, he took out that paper and he was holding it uh, in his hand, uh, the prayer card. So that was a very sad scene. And a pleasant scene was when I think Amy and Ben realized that the person they were writing letter to was was the same person that they were communicating with. So I think that that was a nice, sweet, pleasant scene.
2: It reminded me of You've Got Mail. (laughs) It was yes. so cute. It was adorable. So it was so it was.
4: cute. It was so
2: adorable. Like mm-hmm.
1: it had like that's This book had adorable moments. And then it had these serious
3: moments too. Erin. Uh, so one of the moments that sticks out um, in my mind. And there's a lot. Don't get me wrong. This book, I just felt like was full of those moments. But uh, that has not been mentioned yet is the organ donation. The girl who the doctor is taking care of. And like her mom has seen her her length and she has not seen her own length but her mom they both like one looked and one didn't look for the same reason they needed hope to get through the tough moments that they were in right like the mom needed to know that regardless of what they were going through now like things were going to work out she needed to not know so you know herself so that she could get through (laughs) what she needed to get through and then in the end it's really the doctor who was working with her, whose organs saved her life because his string was short. And I just thought like that, that talk like that, that conversation that the book was having about hope and how important it is to our ability to move, to move through tough times. That is so powerful. I think that people underestimate um, the power of hope. Uh, When we are in what we feel like to be hopeless situations, it's so much hard to be. It's so much harder to be resilient and make it through. It really does affect us, you know. But when we have something that we can cling to, as far as hope, it it really can like it's a mustard seed, but it gets us through, right? So I I thought that was just very beautiful story. And then you you bring it around with the whole fact that the person that's caring for her ends up like saving her life in a way that is unexpected. I mean, it's sad, but also again like we make a difference in lots of different ways. And it's not just about the work that we're doing when we're alive, but also the legacy that we leave when we're gone. And that was just really beautiful, beautiful discussion point too.
1: I loved um, that people with the short string, it, it was a testament to the sacrifices they're making, not just the sacrifice that, hey, I have a short life, but in that short life the sacrifices they're making to enable a better life and leaving behind that legacy. Like you said, I don't know. It was just, um, it was great. Uh,
2: and I do the- have
3: a question, Mark. I have a question that we don't have to discuss right now, but like after we discuss memorable moments, do you think, okay, so we've got the guy that like had the short string and came in to the hospital and caused a ruckus and then that ultimately his behavior leads to his shortened lifespan right and then we have the doctor who had a short string and he him doing good and being in an unfortunate you know accident is what led to his death but if he wasn't doing good he probably you know other lives would have been lost so my question is do you think that the book is saying like oh, the string, like how you, the string also determines how you're going to die? Or do you think, like, when you have a short string, it could, there's still, like, wiggle room in the action that's going to cause your death? Like, it could be your own actions, but it could be, you know, something else.
1: Okay, I, I have it written down. So, Shauna's and then Jen.
0: The thing for me was what, as uh, uh was saying, you know, Every every page in that book, I think, was interesting. It You know, it wanted me to listen more and more. But then, you know, Ben's first love, I think, you know, the uh, Claire, was it? Uh, yeah, she opened his box. So that one I didn't like. You know why? Uh, because if your love is strong enough, maybe, I don't know, maybe that situation, you know, uh, you open the person whom you're loving, and they have a short string, so you say bye. I don't know. That was kind of little, you know, for me. Like uh, no, I don't like that part. Uh, that made me a little uncomfortable too, you know. So that means that's what's love. No, I think through thick and thin, right? Uh, so for me, I think I believe in that. Maybe as you get more mature or more, you know, age, you you stick, you, you kind of hold on to it. Thick and thin. Maybe when you're younger, when your blood is all, you know, young and you can, uh, the world is very small for you then. But then as you age, when you have so many other experiences, then you think, mm-hmm, I better hold on to what I have, you know, and what I love, not what I have, what I love. Uh, so even small mistakes here and there, you can forgive and forget. But that one, I thought, was kind of maybe from my perspective, from my age perspective, I don't know. Maybe I might be the youngest of this whole group. So, you know. No, you're definitely the
1: oldest of the whole group. Hey, you're I'm an old youngest. woman. You're practically a grandma. No. But anyway, <laughs> but go
0: ahead. But go ahead, please. Let go us ahead. not start the conversation now. So, you know, um, so for me, that's what I was thinking, you know. So maybe, you know, that's not right as far as I'm concerned. You look at your string and stop with that. You want to know what is your partner's string? You ask them. They might want to look at it, they might not want to look at it. That is, your inner choice. So that one I was a little uncomfortable with. I didn't like it also. Then, as Shana stole my like most like thing, you know, Ben and uh, Amy. Uh, that was really, you know, it was nice to be. And I was like, uh, when they were in um, her sister's apartment. I think that is the person you're writing to, you know, like, but then they had to skip the question because there was another emergency. So before he could ask her which school, they had to go to that. And then later on he finds out, he comes, oh, she's the person I've been writing to. Amy realizes it later, but uh, Ben realizes it, you know, when they were having dinner, uh, even a little earlier. So that was like, you know, nice to have this, you know, exchange of uh, uh, letters. And then when both of them died, I was like, what? You know, like, because we we expected Ben to, but not Amy, because she hadn't opened her box, right? So I was like, oh, then she had the short string, you know? So there were so many, uh, moments, you know, here and there. So that was one thing which I felt very sad and Javier dying too that was also very sad Uh, but Jack I didn't like you know the problem was he didn't stand up Uh, like you know yes he took the mic but still he didn't say that it was my idea he still put the you know he left it he didn't put the blame on uh, Javier but still he left it to people to uh, what to say think it was Javier's choice when it was actually his choice to you know exchange the strings so yeah that one was a little you should have come out with that too as you know when he came out uh very you know very what to say when he took the mic you know so yeah here and there and of course you know the politics side of it that was like yeah and then the shooting i was like oh my god this is everything happening you know so, and is this something related to, you know, COVID as well? For me, I was, as I was, you know, listening to it, I was thinking, oh, this is something related with COVID. I don't know. Maybe that's how the author, you know, she wanted to bring something. So she came with a string idea. I don't know. But anyway, the idea was perfect. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. So it made you think, you know. So for me, those were, you know, you uncomfortable and... Um, few good moments. And then finally, Amy, uh, you know, saying, uh, okay, let us get married and, you know, because she didn't know what her length of a string was. So she wanted to do something for Ben and then having kids and, you know, yes, even a few things in life, like, you know, the first day of school or, or the first recital or the first piano lesson or whatever, you know, or even the first fight, then the first making up, you know. So there's so many first... So at least he got to see a few as well as Amy too. So yeah, that was interesting. Real Mm -hmm. quick
1: before Dr. Jen goes, I have a question. First, Shana's, if Claire had seen the string, but was like, you know what? I'm okay with this. I still love you. I'm going to stay with you. Would that have changed your your opinion about her opening his box?
0: That's what I told you, Shana's. You know, as you age, When you have more experiences, maybe when you're 20, you might think that is, oh, I don't want to stay with a person who's going to die in a couple of years or a few years. But as you age, you might, you know, I think when you see so many things, when you experience so many things and you know, you've got got something good, I would hang on to it, you know? And when you really love a person, I think as you age, again, I'm telling you, it's the Age here, the age comes for me. Maybe when you're 20, maybe not, but when you're 60, I think you would. That's my opinion.
1: You would what? You would be okay with it, you would not be okay with it. I'd be okay with it. You'd be you'd be okay with your partner
0: opening your box, but you think like not opening the box, the string length. That's what I meant. Oh, right, right,
1: right. But what I'm saying is the box. Right. No,
0: no, no, no. The
1: concept was... Claire opened the box that she should not have opened. And then she, because of that, she left him. But what I'm saying is if she would have opened the box and stayed with him, would that have made a difference for you? Is My question is there is that break of trust that she opened the box. Is Is your issue just the break of trust and or the break of the love? Like there was no love. Like, I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Like, if she still loved yeah. him, even after breaking, even after opening the box, you'd have been okay despite the break of trust, is what you're
0: saying. Both, both, the trust and the love. So maybe that comes with age. I don't know. But opening the box, irrespective of the age, I think is not right.
4: But That's the mother different. also opened the box. The mother opened the box for her daughter. Right. So it, it was different. It's different in different circumstances. That's, I think as a mother,
0: maybe you Know maybe that's okay, but not as a for a partner. I don't know because that's still a different person altogether, right? I don't I disagree, I completely disagree. I don't I, know, that's what I I'm would saying. be I don't ticked know.
1: off. I would be ticked off if, if my mom, mom opened my box. It? Oh my gosh, if my mom opened my box, I agree. That I agree. would be so ticked <laughs> off. No, I would you. be like, How dare you? Because here's the thing, <laughs> I, I get it. You, you. All of you are moms, so you feel like it's my daughter. I can open. I need to know every single aspect of her life. Like my mom wants to know every single aspect of my life. And I'm 50 years old. For me, I'm still like, no, mom. No, I'm not answering this question. No, where are you going? I'm not answering that question. But why can't you answer that question? Because I don't want to answer the question as to where I'm going. As a woman, I have a right to go where I want to go when I want to go. Why do you need to know every single detail of my life? So so with that said, me personally, I'm sorry. I would not appreciate my mom opening my box. But uh, uh, Dr. Jen has to go. Sh- okay, Shauna, let Dr. Jen go with favorite scenes yeah. and then I'll come back to you.
5: Uh, favorite scenes, yes, I, I agree. I, I really liked the scene where... I mean obviously it's a horrible scene right when when Hank is shot and he's he's dying but then the scene later when the girl with the lungs comes up and is standing there and just like oh he gave me my lungs did you know him oh that hurt <laughs> um this, so that was a really good one and then i liked the the wedding um so when maura and nina were getting married and amy was there with ben and she is kind of thinking about are we going to get together we're we not going to get together and then she goes and she sits outside and the guy comes by on the bike with the speaker blaring K hey, Sarah and then she's like okay I, I can do this yep so that was one of my favorites question
1: didn't amy have a problem with the uh, nina and maura getting married i that that i had a problem with like, I had that, I had a real problem with that because I'm like, listen, why, A, you haven't even opened your box, okay? You can't even handle opening your own box. And just because you know of this and people have made a decision like this, you can talk about, oh, you can't make that decision. You just made a decision on not opening your box. Other people can make a decision on their life, you know? So I I was a little ticked off at Amy. With that, I don't think I would be as ticked off with Amy if she would have opened her box and spoken from an element of, listen, I have a short string, you know, this is how I feel. You have to deal with your partner with these feelings. I mean, I don't know it's your call, but, you know, but she's just like high and mighty. I don't open my string, but I can choose not to open my string, but I can also choose to tell you what to do. That ticked me off. I was like, no um I, so i, I don't think it that. was a.
5: Ab- don't think it was about her though it was about her own discomfort and guilt um in her relationship and her feelings with ben so she knew that he had a short string and so she was seeing the connections the similarities between h- her potential relationship with him and how could she be in a relationship with someone who's gonna then pass away shortly thereafter and then she saw that in nina and, and maura too and didn't So I think it was her processing her own stuff that made her react in that way.
1: Okay. I'm going back to Shana's. You were going to say something before we went to Jen.
5: Oh, it was, uh, it was the
0: mom daughter, right? Yeah. The thing was, as you say, maybe, you know, as mothers, you feel a little protective. So maybe for that reason, I would have opened, but maybe I would have asked for permission also if she doesn't want to open it, you know, to my daughter. So it, it's each one's situation, I
1: think. I'm really curious what Selma would have said. I mean, I know 100% that my nieces, Nadia and would have been like, it's okay, mommy, you can open my box. You know, them, I'm pretty sure. Selma, I'm really not sure. I'm really curious. We should, I'm really curious.
0: I should ask curious. her to read the book and then, you know,
1: ask I, her. You really should ask her to, to read the book the and then answer the question of, <laughs> would you let me open your box? You know, that would be really interesting. Uh,
2: Rifat, you have your hand up. Yeah, I was just going to say that in the end, it comes to relationships, whether it's mother or daughter or husband or wife, I would be perfectly okay if my husband opened the box. I think he would open with all his, you know, concern about me. And I don't think if I would open his box, but maybe I would to kind of, you know, know how to make, Best of the time they were left it, so I don't know. Again, that's relationship. I am not sure if I'll do that for my kids. It will be very hard for me to do it because if I found, I don't know. Again, like I said, this book, it's like there's no absolute answer I could find to anything. Whether it was Amy's fight with the um, with her sister, even Claire's, I said that that you know it it is a decision she had to make and. I find her justified if she made that decision. And to me, it seems like she did not love him enough. And there's no need to punish somebody if you did not love him enough. That's perfectly okay. Maybe she was at a stage where she was not. I mean, they were just dating anyway, right? So if that didn't come to that, it's fine. You know, you move on and, you know, you find your life. And because of that, Ben was able to find a partner that was with him for the rest. And that's what happens in the, like, you know, everyday life, you know, so uh, about the, the this uh, relationship again, I think uh, with um, Amy, I think I also thought that it was not that she was trying to control the sister and her issue was not that why are you marrying? She just said that it was too sudden. And everybody at that time, like emotions were running high. So I think, um, you know, if they had a it, tip, it, it's fine, I guess. So I don't know. I think to me, the the book has such a beautiful message. I don't know if you're talking about messages or not, but, and I think that answers the, your question. Your question, uh, Aaron, was what? I think I had it in mind, but I just want to rephrase it. Yeah, good. That's, way. that was what I was going to next. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It okay. like... Go ahead, Aaron. Go, go
3: ahead. So my, my question is, do you think that the string just signifies a set of time or as in like the ultimate like cause of death is still flexible? Or do you think that the string really signifies the series of events that you see and like it's unchangeable?
2: Okay, so I think I actually noted down this um, and I, wrote, I was just reading it through that uh, quote which to me made uh, sense to answer your question was even when you know when you are dying, like when you are dying, what time you're dying, the middle is still undetermined. So uh, to me, it seems like there were people who were spending the same amount of time doing good things and the others thought, because we are short stringers, so we're gonna hold and go ahead and kill everybody because we are dying anyway. So to me, that's what it was. And again, this thing, Kesara the future is not for us to see. Those, the whole thing of uh, the hope was there. And uh, you know, like I just said, that people were okay with dying before and marrying and having kids. So all that thing to me was a kind of answer to your question that, you know, it it is undetermined. That the, just because we have the string doesn't tell us. And even in the beginning, it says just because you have long string doesn't mean you could be on in coma for 10 years. That does not mean that. So even if you are like people started going, doing all those stunts because they thought they had long string, but they ended up getting, you know, really terminally something, you know, broken bones or this and that. So I I just uh, that's for my perspectives on that one.
0: I agree with the reference too. For me, it is not the as the saying goes, it is not the length of life but the depth of life that matters. So it's the quality, not the quantity. So whether you have a short string or long string doesn't matter. How you live your life, that's what matters at the end. So for me, I think you know whether the string will become longer, or your life becomes longer if you do something good. I don't think it is like that. It's all predetermined as far as I'm concerned. So, live your life whether you're going to die. Tomorrow you're going to die when you're 100, doesn't matter. Live it qualitatively. I mean, the good whatever, you know, I think you understand what I'm trying to say. So, live it, you know, as good as you can. Doing good things and Boy, we're like, really, this
1: book, we could be here for another three hours. But, you know, because I really wanted to go and, you know, like, um, oh, man, I really want to do themes. Like, what is this? We've talked about some of the themes, but what are the main themes of this book? What is, I mean, other than, Shauna's, as you just talked about, you know, live your life, quality is more valuable than quantity. Is this book just about what you would do? If you knew how long you had how many days you had to live or how long you had to live, is that what this book is about? Or what else is this book about? Sacrifices,
4: relationships? Discrimination. Discrimination was a main motif, I would say it was throughout the book. So because it talked about discrimination against short stringers, which we could say as a metaphor of all kinds of discrimination that happen in our society and this book has some characters which could be a victim of discrimination because there's gay characters so i think discrimination was one of the main theme main motif here obviously
1: well yeah totally agree with the discrimination thing any other major
3: themes i think it was about but community building community uh because that's what like the short stringers do right like i know it's a support group but in the end they really build a community around more than a support group. And and so I do think that that was one of the underlying themes was finding and building community.
0: And also, I, I thought maybe something a little about politics, how unfortunate situation is taken and twisted and turned to the air. what to say, for them to gain something out of it. So is that only politicians do that or do everybody it's everybody's agenda like basically people
1: using knowledge to either benefit others or benefit themselves i mean it's really uh so i do like an instagram live every day now and i talk about something motivational and things like that and one of my lives was about use of knowledge And like, for example, with books like How to Win Friends and Influence People, there's just so much knowledge on how to build connection with people. But then I'm also one of the talks is, how are you going to use this knowledge? Am I going to use this knowledge to build connection with all of you just so I can cheat you? Because I know exactly what I can say and how to say it so I can cheat every one of you. Okay, because like I, you know, like there's all the stuff, and I'm like, you're gonna use that, or am I gonna use this book to help each one of you to grow? So ultimately, what are you gonna do with the knowledge? Was one of my Instagram lives, and it's the same thing with with the short string. You have this knowledge of a short life. Now, what are you going to do with this life? Furthermore, I'd also ask, like you said, you know, the, the people who are risk takers with the long life, what are you going to do with this life? You jump off a cliff, you break your arms and your legs, and now you're an invalid for the rest of your life. Now, what are you going to do? So, yeah, I, I think, I don't know if this is a theme, but I think the book intends to make us think and to respect our everyday, to respect what we have. I I hope, at least for me, you know, like, I mean, I I always, I am trying every day to be grateful, but I think this book really nails it, beats a dead horse and going like, listen, just wanna let you know you're going to die. Did I tell you you're going to die? Hello, you are going to die. You know, and it just keeps hitting you on the head. You are going to die. What are you going to do? And uh, so I don't know if that's a theme, but I just felt that with the book. Any other themes with the book?
2: Yeah, those were the main themes. I think she covered so many different things that, I mean, I don't even remember now, but uh, like even at one point, she mentions that when Mora and Nina go to Italy and they say that people, there were much more peaceful and okay with whatever their strings were. And I think they said that we love art and we we are passionate about food and all that. And in America, everybody was talking about that. And one thing that I really like, I know we're not talking about the characters. It's not that particularly I like that character, but I think uh, Javier's character was um, really strategically done or somehow, I mean, to, his character reminds me of Women who are challenged that because you are a woman, so you need to sit home and just raise kids. You, because you're a man, so you are supposed to toughen up and go and win the war. So I just thought that was really nice. And I know, Shanaj, you brought that point till end. He wasn't brave enough to do it. And there are people like that. There are, you know, women who have suffered because they were told that they their only job is to raise kids and have kids or be a wife and all that. And then same with him, you know, it's, uh, and I see that a lot these days, I was, I've read few articles and things where men are kind of like, you know, just because we are a man, we can't cry, or just, we can't show emotions, or, uh, you know, the vulnerability that we have is as, just like we say, we are as intelligent as a man, you know what I'm saying? So to me, that was, uh, I mean, she has focused on his manhood or lack, like they're often, I don't mean manhood that way, but you know what I'm saying, like the typical persona that a man should have, is not there. And so he is kind of always separated or considered as an outcast from his family, a family who has always been veterans and this and that. So he has to face that every day. So to me, that was really something that I think uh, it was, it, it was not a s- small role of that guy. It, it goes on and he, she, she did not really conclude him as a, oh, yeah, I'm all good now. So that was kind of something which uh, t- touched me. On that note, favorite characters. I'm
1: going to claim, claim Ben, but okay, but go ahead. Sorry, go ahead.
0: For me, Ben and Annie, I like both. So, yeah,
1: you said something.
0: No, I said maybe the, the strings,
1: the box. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. no, no. Oh, I No, I like that. No, I like it because the box and the strings are a character i mean and i like that they are a huge i love that yeah they are a character you know i, I love that yes anyone else favorite a, character huh there wouldn't be a book without the box there wouldn't be a book without any of the characters so i mean no, this 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 book wouldn't
0: be because the box started everything right
1: true true i guess but you know like James Bond, there wouldn't be James Bond without James Bond. I mean, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's the measure you have to have the
4: string. I don't know. Just Although I thought that, I mean, they people could have gotten the, that information through some other medium also, because having that box delivered at their doorsteps, it's kind of seemed a little bit impractical, uh, because let's say I'm turning 22 today, then I, I live in an apartment and i will be parked outside my apartment all day, just like eyes wide open all night that who is bringing that box and so I will see it. So, so many people are, ter- the first boxes when they appeared, obviously people were caught unaware. But after that, people knew that everyone turning 22 would get that box. Eventually, they figured out. And even with the time difference, people um, in Australia got them first and people in Hawaii got them last. So there is a good 22-hour difference in a lot of time to figure out that, okay, boxes are coming. Let's figure out who is bringing them. Just out of curiosity that who is bringing them, let's figure them out, so, I would have thought maybe an email was a better thing that everyone received an email and I it, think some it was just it. magically appeared, right? Or something like that. It just that. magically appeared. Yeah. The
1: thing that got me was you know, when Javier changed his box with Jack? Yeah. Like, I'm kind of like, how does one determine
4: whose box is what? It, they came with the name, right? They yeah, they came name. with
0: the name, but then you know if you could always change the string right yeah if
1: you change the string then what you know then it becomes like okay what was the purpose of it why was it in such a way why was it delivered you know you have like three people you have triplets turning 21 in the same household you've got three boxes that then anyone could have just taken with names if you just open close your eyes open take took the strings through them and then go back and you just retrieve them put them in three boxes you don't know who is here so if if the if the aim is to inform you that this is your strength you have a decision whether you want to open it or not you know there's you have that decision it's like saying like god let's say god put this box and is giving this to you then why is it not secured that I get the right information when I want to have it, if I want to have it. But there is no security for that information to reach the person. There is zero it's
4: security. Fin- it should be like fingerprint op- enabled, like biometrics.
1: Well, yeah, there was no biometrics on this box. There was <laughs> nothing
4: be because because that's the
1: thing. I, I was, the, the reason this came up is because of Jack and Javier. Yeah. I was like, hey, and- they and
4: just... this would have avoided the problem of Claire opening the box.
1: Yeah, I was just <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I was like, wait, you could just trade strings, you know. Then what is the point of even these boxes? Like, so other people can know, like, because just to see how much deceit there is, I was just it was just a thought that came to my mind. But but yeah, my favorite character was really Ben. I I really, I don't know, just cute. Amy was <laughs> fine, but I love Ben the most. It's just like, oh
4: uh and um yeah anyone else dr hank also he was very selfless Mm -hmm. yeah i think i liked all the characters i think she
2: crafted them really nicely good or bad they everybody had something but i had to say something about the strings now that you ladies are mentioning i mean the book has so many things that you forget but i was also like at one point it was like why was there only one case of string switching (laughs) And not more. But again, you know, we can find faults in the books any way we want, but the main message still stays the same and, you know, whatever
4: she was trying to And choose. I want to see a so, sequel of the book. I want to see a sequel that if you do a good deed, your string grows a little. If you do a bad <laughs> deed, your string shrinks a little. And that's <sighs> not a sequel, Sophia. That's going to be a different
1: author and a different book. So then when I when we read that for book club, I'll be like, Huh, kind of midnight library, kind of the measure. And um, yeah, so that's what, yeah, first thoughts is going to be kind of midnight library, kind of measure. And mm. this author just picked up these books and just made that. It's not a sequel. It's going to be a different author. Just want to let you know that. Yeah. So in the end we love life so much, right? then
4: <laughs> we want to do more of it. <laughs> yeah. So I, but make it, me, it would be amazing. Be
1: where people will be competing for good. It would be amazing if the strings just kept shortening for every bad, bad deed, deed you did. Oh my gosh, can you imagine like all behavior the- modification, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the title of the book. Behavior exactly. modification.
4: There's an idea. There's an idea. Oh, yes.
2: No, I'm not
1: I, writing the book. No, I have my three, I, I have three books I'm I need to work on. I am not writing that book. Let someone else write it so then I can give my
3: first thoughts. Okay, who else? I I did not have a favorite character. I liked them all, like good or bad, as we've all said. And I feel like they were mainly human. You know, like most of them were a little good, a little bad. Like nobody was completely great. But I do want to make the commentary that I do not see the connection between the Midnight Library and this book. I mean, I guess contemplation of life. But I felt like Midnight Library was like so depressing and so like dark for me and like this book even though there might be similar themes about life and living your life to its fullest this book was so hopeful and like i don't know presented in a in a in a different way it was so isolated in midnight library versus this is like all about community and so those are just two different it was just totally different perspectives on the themes but i could see where the themes are similar
1: that's i agree with you erin That's why I said the themes, you know, you said you can see why the themes are similar. Just because one book is dark and one book is light doesn't mean they can't be similar. I mean, ultimately, The Midnight Library was also a what if, right? It was a classic what if your life went in this direction? What if you crafted your life like this? And and this is, these are what, what if, what if, what if? And in this book, it's like, what if you knew how long of a life you had versus how short? There was a what if, those were the questions. How would you craft your life differently? It was a little reverse of a crafting. I get you, the Midnight Library was a little darker because the main character was suicidal and she was trying to commit suicide i get that it was a darker kind of a thing this book wasn't as dark but you had people trying to commit you know suicide or trying to be like i can't deal with this you know so a little bit of darkness but that's where my themes came in i
5: mean i i don't know i don't know dr jen favorite character i liked hank and ben those were my favorites same reasons you guys all said
4: (laughs) And we okay. all like handsome hunks.
5: <laughs> well, um and the smart only- ones.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. No, the only reason Sophia liked Ben and Hank is because the sweater was probably okay. Because, you know, once there were wolves, there was a sweater issue. There was no sweater issue here. So she was okay with them. Because if there was a sweater issue, Sophia's gonna be like, sorry, Ben had the worst sweater, so I do not like him. So I mean it's you know, because we we know how this goes, Sophia. I mean, I, I know how this goes. You know, uh,
5: anyway, I'm a shadow <laughs> be
2: not the handknitted sweater. It has to be a designer sweater, right? Oh my gosh! Okay, last question, guys. Let's
1: let's uh, wrap up. Um, final. Um, what do we normally do? A uh, rating. Final. Uh, rating. Cover. Cover. Title. Final rating. I, I'm like so. Like I'm your rating of the cover title. And then your final rating of the book. I gotta pull up the cover. I don't remember the cover. I'm gonna pull it up right now. Yellow with purple flowers. Yeah. Okay. I. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It had the. Um, yeah. I. Okay. Got it. Okay. I'm pulling it up. Oh, and it's got a string with the flowers, and it's kind. Okay. 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 Ooh. Okay. I'm just. I. I did not like look at it. Um. Personally, for me, I'm going to, I'll give the cover a four. The title, the measure, I mean, it, it, the title was a pretty, I think it was a solid title. It's five. It's five. And the actual book itself, for me, I actually thought it was a three and 3.5, believe it or not. So I'm going to give, I'll round it up to a four. But that was me. Because on Goodreads, I have it like my rating is like, the when I read it, it's like three, see? So when I read it, you know, so like three, three, yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't like blown
2: away by the book. So, um, but that's me. Okay, who's next? I didn't care for the cover. I don't think, no, it seemed like, anyway, I didn't make sense. Me too, too for the cover, maybe. Title was amazing, especially after reading the book, five for the title, and somewhere between 4.5 and five, the book itself. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it.
4: Yeah. So, cover, um, I think someone asked Nikki that why she didn't put a box or the string on the cover. And she said that the German translation had the box and the string on the cover. So uh, different countries are having different covers for it, but this is obviously the cover in in America. So uh, it was, it has nothing to do with the book, but it was bright and catchy and uh, it has an appeal. So I'll give it a 3.5 and uh, the title was apt. So I will give it a five and uh, the rating was, yeah, for me also it was somewhere between 4.5 and five. It could have been five, but it just, I think uh, the disturbing parts, it it was a little disturbing for me. So I'll save it as, make it 4.75. I'm glad there's no
1: math problem to solve this. I I wanted to do it. Thank you. Thank you for giving me a direct 4.75 4.75 rather than the square root of this or an algebraic equation of, you know, X plus two, X plus blah, 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 blah. And if you solve for X, you'll know my rating. Thank you. Thank you so much but for that. The square root of 24 is such a nice answer. Because no, it's it just not. just gives you an irrational number. No, no, no. It's We're moving on. We're moving on. Shana's cover, uh, title,
0: rating. The cover, it has a short string and a long string. The bow, I mean, the... You know, the bouquet is tied with a short string and a long string. So I think, you know, now after I read the book and then now I'm looking at the picture, you know, the cover of the book, now I realize that. So, you know, so I think I would give it a five, the cover, because if, if, I mean, as soon as you see it, you're not going to realize, you know, the book is about all this. Uh, but then after you finish reading and then looking at it, I see the short string, I see the long string, and then I see, you know, for me, yeah, I think, and the measure, that's what the book is about, right? The short string and the long string. Um, The book itself, I think I liked it very much. So I would give it a five. So five all around. Wow. Five all around.
3: Erin. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also find meaning in the picture. I liked uh, Shanaz's uh, um, uh, take on the short string, long string, but also that quote that you all mentioned to me about it's not the length of the string, but what's in the middle yeah. and here it's flowers. It's so I feel like that might be kind of symbolic. Maybe I didn't, I don't think that you have to have the box with the string in it on the front. I still think this has meaning. I would give this a 4.5 or a five for the cover. I think the title is a five it i mean it has extreme significance to the book it it tells you what it's about without telling the story so yeah i like that and then as far as the book itself i i give it a 5 i have recommended it i would reread it in fact i wanted to reread it i just didn't get time before um book club to so, yeah five for me dr jen close it off
5: all right. I, I'm in the camp of I don't like the cover, so I'll give that a two. Uh, I like the title. I uh, give that a five. And overall, I'd say 4.5. It, it's one of the better books, I think, that that we've read, but I still think there's a few that I would rank higher. So, But it is really good. I would definitely recommend it to other people.
0: I just want to add one little thing. Uh, I like the narrator. This narrator, I really like. The narrator of the book? Okay. Yeah, I I know I did
1: it as an audio. I just can't. Remember, like, I mean, I'm sure all I can tell you is I don't remember. You know, if it was a bad narrator, I'd be like, This was a bad narrator, but I just, you know, it was a good narrator. Okay. You know, the only narration that I really thought was like, Wow, was Daisy Jones and the Six, the way it was done with all the characters. You know, that was like, if I were to go back and go, Oh, narration, but but good. Okay. Uh, good narration. And, um, yeah. You know, when you know, actually, when I think about narration, what was that book, uh, Rifat? Oh, man, uh, the guy with the voice. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Thanks. It was my second best book of last year, Rifat, the My second best book of last year, the right. Daisy book, The Hotel, The I Kid,
2: know. Guys, you, ladies. It's come uh, on, like
1: it's come on,
3: the
1: Aaron, it? the book we did um, last year, the kid who was, um, in the, wa- in the washing machine, uh, in the washer room, the kid was. St- you know, like molested by this person. Yeah, all my, all, rage. My, all rage. my rage, all my rage. Saba- that's it. Yes. Yep. by Sabata here. That narration. Oh, you like the one? sexy voice? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm defending myself from that book. Okay, it's anyway, not any sweaters in the voice as well. you know, you know, Sophia is all about the sweaters. I'm all about the sexy and voice. You're all about the- I-, I think that's yeah, why I, I married mean. Brad. You know, but anyway, there you go. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Thank you, everyone. We wear good sweater, Sophia. (laughs) Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for coming to book club. And that concludes uh, today's book club of The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. Before I go, if you loved this episode or any of my previous episodes, please take a moment to write me a review on Apple Podcasts. Please share this podcast with your family and friends. And through your social media channels. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram on Living a Life Through Books. I'm also on Clubhouse. Look me up by name. I'm on TikTok. My tag is at Dr. Shanaz Ahmed. You can reach me through email. My address is livingalifethroughbooks at gmail.com. My website is shanazahmed.com. That is S H A H N A Z A H M E D.com. The opening and closing music to this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavik. I'm Dr. Shana Zamed with Living a Life Through Books signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time.